you're listening to the My Happy Mind Conversations podcast, where we talk all about how you can build your child's resilience, self-esteem, and happiness. I'm your host, Laura Earnshaw, the founder of My Happy Mind, and I am totally dedicated to helping you become the best parent or carer that you can be. We're proudly impacting over half a million children now in our programs in schools, nurseries, and homes. And today, I'm going to be sharing some of those tips with you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of My Happy Mind Conversations where we're going to be talking about one of my favourite topics and the reason this is one of my favourite topics is because of the impact it can have when you kick imposter syndrome. So let's dive in. Now, the reason this is one of my favorite topics is because I know how much of a shift you can make in your life and in your world if you figure out how to kick imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is something that you have no doubt heard before. And we're going to talk about what it is. We're going to talk about why it happens. And we're going to talk about how you can overcome it. And I'm going to be doing this particularly in the context of parenting and also looking at how this can manifest in your children. Because actually what can often happen with imposter syndrome is that if we experience it as parents or carers, then we can actually inadvertently pass it on to our children, which of course we want to avoid at all costs. So let's kick off by really understanding what we mean by imposter syndrome. I like to define it as a collection of feelings of inadequacy that, despite the evidence, persist. So people with imposter syndrome tend to suffer from chronic self-doubt and this sense that they're a fraud, this sense that their success isn't actually attributable to their intelligence or their competence, but instead they got lucky. So people with imposter syndrome tend to internalize their accomplishments. However successful they become, they really do believe that they just got lucky. In fact, sometimes people with um, imposter syndrome don't even believe that they are deserving of the results they get, even if they worked really, really hard for them. And it's often associated with perfectionistic traits as well. So people with imposter syndrome often are real perfectionists and so they just do not feel that unless they get things 100% right then they will be worthy. And this can all lead to imposter syndrome. And you know some of the thoughts and feelings that might come along with this include things like I absolutely cannot fail. So people with imposter syndrome may put a whole load of pressure on themselves to avoid failure. They don't want to get found out as not being able to do something because this would then add to their image of themselves that they have this kind of imposter syndrome. So they put so much pressure on themselves to do well because they are absolutely determined that they cannot fail. And what can happen in that process is that they don't enjoy the process of being successful and they also can't enjoy it when they are successful because actually being successful is almost just a relief rather than a celebration. They don't celebrate their achievements because they're just so relieved they didn't fail. 
One of the other things that can um, often be said by somebody with imposter syndrome is, I feel like a fake. Like, I don't deserve this success. Who am I to be doing this? Who am I to be advising others or to be taking this path? And people with imposter syndrome often feel like they might get found out or unmasked. Like they really do believe they're being a fraud when they're really, really not. And so these people often don't feel like they deserve success or promotion because they're thinking, but I don't really deserve it. They just made a mistake in giving me that job or I don't deserve to be on the A-team at football. It must be a mistake. And so then they put this pressure on themselves that they don't really deserve it. And therefore they can really struggle to achieve because they're just so bogged down with this pressure and this self-talk of, I don't deserve this. I'm a fake. It was just luck, et cetera, et cetera. So people with imposter syndrome carry a lot of weight and a lot of pressure. And if you have imposter syndrome, you'll know this. And I've definitely suffered with it in the past where you you don't take action. These feelings of, of being a fake or being a fraud or not being able to fail can become so powerful and so strong that they stop you from moving forward. They can lead to a real paralysis and they can lead to inaction, which of course then only makes that imposter syndrome even worse because we want to achieve, we want to make things happen, but sometimes the pressure of failing means that we don't take the action that's necessary in order to get there. So if you're somebody who struggles with imposter syndrome or you have done in the past, you will no doubt recognize some of those feelings I've just described, whether it's associating everything with luck, whether it's putting so much pressure on yourself that you mustn't fail, or whether it's kind of identifying as a fraud or a fake. So what are some of the things that you can do then to mitigate the negative effects of imposter syndrome? Well, there are a number of different ways you can deal with this, but awareness is absolutely the first step to change. And it's why I wanted to talk about this today, because I have definitely in the past suffered from imposter syndrome. When I first started My Happy Mind, I was crippled by it often. I used to think things like, well, who am I to be teaching this topic? You know, I've never been a teacher. So what if people find out that I wasn't ever a teacher? And is that going to be a problem for our school's program? Or what if people find out that right now I'm running my business from my home? Are they going to think that means it's not serious? Or what if people find out that actually there's only a few of us in the business and we're not this big ginormous company? Does that make us less credible? I mean, the list goes on because actually when you're suffering from imposter syndrome, you will seek evidence to affirm your view that you are a fake or a fraud. You'll look for it everywhere. And that's why this first step of awareness is so important. You've got to be able to catch and track those thoughts when they emerge. And you've got to quite quickly develop the skill of saying, that's just a thought. Just because I'm thinking it, it doesn't mean it's true. And so instead of being consumed by these imposter syndrome thoughts, what you can start to do is look at them objectively and say, that's just not true. That's not based in fact. It's just a thought that isn't helping me. Now, this will take some time to get into the hang of. You know, it takes time to unpick these habits of a lifetime, but it's really important to start to notice the thoughts and have a conversation with yourself, which says, these are not true. These are not facts. They're just thoughts. The next thing to do is to really start to open up a dialogue around imposter syndrome. Talk about it to your friends, to your partner, 
whoever it is that you feel you have that trusting relationship with, talk to them about your feelings. Because one, again, this really helps the brain to recognize that these feelings are just that, feelings. They're not facts. So this is going to really help you to shift your mindset around them. But it also just takes some of that pressure away. You know, as they say, a problem shared is a problem halved. And when you start to talk about your imposter syndrome and you start to let others know that that's what you're feeling, not only, hopefully, will they give you some moral and emotional support, but it's also you retraining your brain to recognize that these are just thoughts and not facts. That's really, really important. And I'm willing to bet that many of your friends or partners or people that you will share this with will have similar feelings too, or will have done at some point. And so, you know, they may be able to offer you some advice as well. The next thing that is a really critical shift and one that really, really helped me to overcome imposter syndrome is all about how we view giving something a go and particularly how we view failure. So one of my coaches, James Wedmore, whom I absolutely adore, has this great phrase which I've really taken to heart. And he says, every time you take an activity or you take action, one of two things will happen. You'll get the lesson you needed or the result that you wanted. And I just think that is so brilliant because what I used to do when I suffered with imposter syndrome is that I would I would take an action or think about taking an action. And in my mind, it was either going to be a failure or a success. There wasn't any lesson or learning part to that. It was either a failure and I'd messed up or it was a success. And what this is saying is there's either a success or the result that you wanted or there's a lesson in there that's going to help you get to that result that you want down the line. And that is so powerful because now whenever I'm thinking about taking action or thinking about doing something, I'm not thinking this is going to succeed or fail. I'm thinking it's going to succeed or I'm going to learn something that will make me succeed next time round, And that just strips away so many of the imposter syndrome type feelings around, I can't possibly fail. What if, I, what if I'm a fraud, et cetera, et cetera. So reframing action and reframing doing things around this lesson I need versus a success is super, super powerful. And the final thing that can really help you to overcome imposter syndrome is just to start being a bit kinder to yourself. Just to start saying to yourself, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. How can you look after yourself more? How can you start having more positive conversations with yourself? Because actually when you're in the grip of imposter syndrome, the conversations that you're having with yourself are pretty negative. They're focused around failure or fraud or who am I? And none of those things are going to engender positive emotion. So what we need to start doing is being kinder to ourselves and start engendering those positive thoughts, those positive feelings and looking after ourselves. There's nothing to be gained from imposter syndrome, nothing. But there's everything to be gained from kicking it. Now, right at the beginning of this episode, I said I was going to talk to you about how this can manifest in parents and also we'll look at what this can mean for children. And I think this is a really fascinating topic because imposter syndrome is often spoken about in the context of business or trying something new or, you know, starting a new hobby. But I want to think about it in the context of parenting. 
And the reason we come up against this so much at My Happy Mind is that so many of the students that we coach and we teach in our programs come in full of imposter syndrome, full of thoughts like, who am I to be able to support my child to build their resilience? Who am I to build my child's self-esteem when my own self-esteem is so poor? Who am I to help celebrate my child's character strengths when I don't even know what my own are? And so these imposter syndrome thoughts can be very dominant in us as parents, but they might mask as something different. Often one of the things many of my students say to me after they've been through our programs is, I realize now just how stuck I was, just how fearful I was about change, about improving myself. Even though everything we do in every single My Happy Mind program is grounded in positive psychology and neuroscience, which means it's really positive and it's all about growth and development, it's scary for people. And a lot of the root of that fear that my parents um, struggle with and the parents that I coach work through with me is rooted in imposter syndrome. Because actually, many of these thoughts that I've described around fear or you know not, not wanting to fail or feeling like a fraud actually stem from our own childhoods. They can stem from the type of language that our parents use with us. They can stem from the type of rewards that our parents gave to us or didn't give to us or when they gave us those rewards. So if, for example, you grew up in a family where competence was king, where all of the praise and love was geared around achieving and making things happen and getting things done, then what can grow from that is this sense of if I don't achieve, I fail. And if I don't achieve, I'm not worthy of praise. And if I'm not worthy of praise, I'm not worthy of love. And this is something that I go into a lot in the book, My Happy Mind, which is being launched later this year. It's available on Amazon if you wanted to get a pre-order in. But I talk a lot about this sense of how we were parented and how that impacts us as parents, even if we don't realize it. And so one of the things that I really want you to think about as it relates to your parenting is to what extent are you holding yourself back from growing, from changing, from developing, for taking action with your children, whether it's around their resilience or self-esteem or something totally different? Are you letting your imposter syndrome hold you back from taking action? It's a really tricky question to answer. And it's one that takes a real honesty and soul searching that some of us do struggle with. But it's a really valuable question to ask yourself as it relates to your parenting. Because what we don't want to happen and what we often see happening subconsciously is that we're passing our own feelings and our own narrative about learning and growth onto our children. So if your children, for example, overhear you having a conversation with your partner about, I really want to start my own business, but you know, I, what if I fail? What if it goes wrong? Or if they hear you saying, you know, I don't want to put myself forward for that job. I've not got the experience. Like, what if they think I'm a fraud? If your par- if your parenting and your children's hear those words, hear those sentiments, you're going to be passing it on to them without noticing. So it is super important that you start to help your children to frame failure, frame things not going as they wanted as a learning opportunity, not a failure. And this is going to really prevent them from getting into this imposter syndrome state themselves. Because if our children truly believe that the worst they can, that can happen when they try something is that they learn something, then the world will be that oyster. But if children feel 
that the impact of them not having success is failure, then they're going to be so much more reserved in pursuing those things that they want to achieve. So let's just recap on the three steps you can take to start working through imposter syndrome. The first is bringing an awareness to your thoughts. So recognizing that the thoughts around fear, not wanting to fail, being a fraud, all of those feelings we've talked about are just thoughts. They're not facts. That's step one. The second is talk to other people. Talking to other people is going to help you with those thoughts even more. It's going to bring them to the surface. Reframe failure as a learning opportunity. Find the lessons and use them constructively in the future. Remember, every time you take an action, one of two things will happen. You'll get the lesson that you needed or the result that you wanted. And finally, lovelies, please be kind to yourselves. Don't beat yourself up. Just recognize that you're learning, you're growing, you're bloody awesome. And imposter syndrome is holding you back. So be kind to yourself. Bring positive thoughts, bring engaging thoughts, bring nurturing thoughts into your mind and get rid of all of those ones that are just holding you back. I would love to hear what you think of this episode. Tell me what your thoughts are on imposter syndrome. Tell me if you've got other tips on how you overcome them and I'll see you in the next episode. Take care. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the My Happy Mind Conversations podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and a comment below and I'll be back next week with more science-backed secrets to building happy and resilient children. Don't forget, you can come and follow me at My Happy Mind on Facebook and Instagram. Take care.